0: is the entertainment beyond podcast with your host jensen dean jackson and alan weinstein bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment we will be with you weekly at least talking about movies politics music and all things in between so check us out see you next week same bad time same station. station.
1: How's it going?
0: Good. How about stuff?
1: I'm doing all right.
0: Plugging along. Same shit, different day.
1: Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Entertainment Beyond. We're just gonna keep it light today with some news from around the web.
0: Sweet. Sounds good to me.
1: All right. Although you're gonna
0: have to facilitate the news because I'm unprepared. I don't know any news.
1: Yeah, I've I've got some news gathered. Uh, the First. Sweet article is um family guy cleveland actor quits so show can recast role a big change is coming to family Guy as the actor who voices cleveland brown quits in order to allow a black actor to take over the role
0: oh well it shows you how little i know i didn't even know it wasn't a black actor in the beginning
1: (laughs) yeah i i had known a while back it was uh shocking but uh not unsurprising, I suppose, in the world of voice acting, where the voice of Bart Simpson is voiced by a woman.
0: Right. I did know that. That's one of the a little less known hidden secrets. Yeah. Or less no, hidden uh, secrets, I guess.
1: Less of a secret than most.
0: Right. Well, that's interesting. So, has there been any talk about who might be the replacement for the voice? Do we care?
1: There is no talk, and uh, frankly, I don't think it matters that much. I mean, it would be interesting if they casted a big-name actor, but I don't think, um, yeah. I mean, it's cool that they're casting a black person to play a black person, thus avoiding any um, unpopular links to blackfacing or whitewashing, if you were. Sure. So I guess so no,
0: I guess the question becomes, is, is, does that mean Cleveland's voice is going to change, or are they going to find a black act, a black voiceover person that can do roughly the same Cleveland voice?
1: I am not sure on that. It would be bizarre if they, you know, cast someone with a deep bass-like voice.
0: <laughs> a chef-type voice. <laughs> yeah,
1: that would be pretty fucking weird.
0: Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Honestly, you know, for years we were big family guy watchers and then it just about the last three or four years, I kind of stopped watching it, you know, every Sunday religiously. Um, Mostly just because, I I mean, I love Seth MacFarlane. I think he's very smart. I think he's very witty. I think, you know, his dialogue is good His stuff is well written. But a lot of the stuff that they do, they, they really like to beat the drum into the ground. And a lot of times it gets too much. It's too much for me, too many, uh, tangents where it's, you know, the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. So it kind of warmed me a little bit. So I haven't been watching Family Guy the last few years, but I did love the Cleveland show when the Cleveland show was on. We always watched that. I was disappointed in they stopped making new episodes of the Cleveland show. He's always, he was always one of my favorite characters on Family Guy. So it'll be interesting to see what, what becomes of a new voice or, or whether there is a new voice. But yeah, all the better for them casting at least a, a black person to do a voice for a black character
1: exactly there is uh you know when i found that out i was a little troubled but whatever i don't you know make the big bucks enough to infect or affect a a change in that but it was a little bit troubling to like i thought we got away from this shit you know so long ago right but it's good to see that they are you know eventually came to their senses, and you know, hey, this is kind of wrong and kind of being, you know, an understatement.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, uh, anytime that they can right or wrong, more power to them to do that. I mean, even if it's, you know, I guess, you know, what's to say, better late than never, right?
1: Exactly. And uh, on to the next bit of news, which is uh, when I discovered this, it was a sad revelation for me. But Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has been canceled in the final no. episodes to debate late in 2020. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, I'm uh,
0: not, I haven't totally watched it all yet. I still I think I have one more season to watch. But that's disappointing because I really like that show.
1: Yeah, it was really building up to something, as Dennis Reynolds would say. And <laughs> <laughs> now it's not going to um, conclude I mean, actually, it, it will conclude because there was another article that dropped that said that season five,
0: five right? Five yeah. will,
1: yeah, season five will continue in comic book form, which is wow. That's an that's a welcome, you know. <sighs> at least we're getting some kind of medium. I would have rather seen it continued in live action form. <laughs> it's uh, super disappointing for me. I was really interested in the mythology that they were building in the chilling adventures of Sabrina and. I don't know. Netflix has a weird um, way of just up and canceling shit. Yeah,
0: they do. They definitely do. And
1: it's frustrating because it's shit like they continue other shit that just doesn't make any sense or, you know, something I've never seen and really have no interest in seeing. And then they cancel the things that I like. Just like, (laughs) you must not want my money anymore is what you're telling me.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure it's just, you know, it's all, it's got to be all number generated, you know, it's, it's got to be because for whatever reason, Sabrina isn't pulling the same numbers as whatever show they have it compared to, or wanted to compare to, or, you know, uh, which is unfortunate. I mean, you would think on a platform like Netflix, although it is, I guess it's Netflix original, so um, if you're producing it or whatever, I guess, money-wise, you want to invest your money in stuff are actually watching the number of shows they're watching i suppose if it's not your content because it really make much difference per se you can still continue to, to put it out for the five per ten people that watch whatever it is um you know if it gets low numbers but if it's your content i i, I can understand and you got to think about in theory you know sabrina is a pretty um elaborate show i would imagine the production cost on that is, is fairly decent um and so if, if you feel like you know As Netflix, you're not getting back in viewership what you're putting out in production money. Then I I can see why you you might not bring it back. It's disappointing, and it's definitely disappointing when you figure they have shit like *Tiger King* on or whatever. But at the same time, I'm sure it's all just numbers.
1: Yeah, it has probably something to do with numbers, but it's it's still they could have given it you know one more season, especially with um. Uh, with the lockdown, and, you know, if it weren't for the lockdown, Tiger King wouldn't have been as popular. And I think with this lockdown, people... um, Well, there's not really lockdown. You know, coronavirus, so people can't work. And there's no better time. But I suppose, you know, again, that's why neither one of us make the big bucks to make the decision on uh, keeping shows It it never
0: ceases. It never ceases to surprise me what comes back. I I, I like always sunny in Philadelphia. I don't have a problem with it coming back, but it surprises me that it's still going after 14 seasons. and They're bringing it back for 14 to 15 seasons. I That's because FX,
1: it's the only thing that FX really has as a viable contender for viewership and everything else is, you know, I don't know when um, that show by Donald Glover Atlanta is going to come back. And yeah, they've said multiple times that if they, the crew of it's so always in Philadelphia wants to keep going forever, they'll let him keep going forever.
0: Yeah, which I mean, it's fine. It's a good show, and I, I just I think it's interesting. That it's just one of those things that I find interesting that certain shows have, you know, an indefinite life, and others don't. Yeah, I wanted Atlanta to come back. I sure hope Atlanta comes back. I was disappointed that it looked like it it might not. I mean, I haven't really read to see if it has or not, but it's been a, at least over a year since the last season. So,
1: yeah, there's no telling right now, especially with the uh, coronavirus going on. If right. if anything will be coming back, but um, I think if you don't have anything else to say about Sabrina, should move along to the next news subject. Not. All right, and the next news subject. I don't know if you ever played a game called um, Dungeons and Dragons. It says Wizards of the Coast change Dungeons and Dragons to address systemic racism. Wizards of the Coast is changing designs in D&D and Magic the Gathering to be more inclusive in response to Black Lives Matter uh, movement. Uh, the tabletop game publisher Wizards of the Coast is making changes to their games, Dungeons and Dragons, and Magic the Gathering to address systemic racism. This announcement from the gaming company comes after widespread protests across the United States in support of the Black Lives Matter movement.
0: So does it say though what they're actually changing I mean let I, me
1: see if I can
0: I don't remember there being a whole lot of ethnic
1: okay uh, it says uh
0: magic the gathering I mean most of them are like animals or creatures or spells I don't remember a whole lot of like um... it
1: says uh thanks to special online streaming events but Though the games are well-loved, some elements are problematic. Dungeons & Dragons has previously associated certain racial stereotypes with several fantasy races in the game. And the Art of Magic the Gathering cards has several cards that take inspiration from racist stereotypes. Uh, Interesting. uh, I guess it says, including cards titled Invoke, Prejudice, Jihad, Cleanse, Ah! Stone-Throwing Devils, Imprison, Crusade... Paradise Gypsies. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah I mean, mean, I've never played the game, so I don't... I mean, I wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it just wouldn't surprise me. But I... I mean,
0: I've I played Magic. I've had Magic cards, you know, in the past. I played magic, but I never thought of any... I, I guess that's just how inbred some of that stuff is and how oblivious we are. Because it never even dawned on me, really, that any of it was racially stereotyped at all. And I mean I... I Hindsight, again. yeah. I mean, uh, more power to them if 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 indeed that's the case, and they're going to change that, all the better. I mean, uh, you know, I I know people say, where do you draw the line? And I, and I don't know. I mean, is some of it too too overboard? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I guess that's a matter of opinion. I mean, I don't I, I, too much is not necessarily for me to comment on, especially not as a black person when it comes to what's too much, you know, to change for black people, um, you know. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, would I like to see any Content that, that references Jews or anything taken out or could be construed as anti Semitic taken out? Of course I would. So, um, you know, I can imagine that everyone else would feel the same way about anything that was derogatory about their race. So, or, and, and as a compassionate person, I feel the same way about anything that's derogatory towards anybody else's race. So, and, you know, I, I mean, I don't, you can probably do other things and say those things, you know, invoke prejudice or whatever. You could say something else. You know, I don't. So, there's no reason not to make those changes if, if it's simple stuff to do.
1: Yeah, I, uh, you know, this whole movement thing again is, uh, it's good, but it's frustrating because, you know, like, why, again, just like, why did we take this fucking long to come to this conclusion that all these things that we're doing, not we as in me, but systemically, we're fucking disgusting and terrible and we're just in and, and now some of it feels reactionary like i saw a uh a thing in the amazon bathroom about them creating some type of thing for black associates and that does not sweeping something under the rug does not make it any better so all these reactionary things of you know let's hire more black people we've, we've got to erase all the blackface from any kind of media whatsoever and i i i just it feels reactionary. It doesn't To me, doesn't feel genuine. It feels very reactionary. I know there's a lot of people out there who believe in this movement, but at the same time, from the way that I'm seeing things, it feels very reactionary. I think that some things have to be kept alive for nothing more than a memory so that you can remember not to fucking repeat the same mistakes. That's why we need history so that we can learn from when we did wrong historically and change that not just erase and pretend like it never happened because it's too ugly to acknowledge because then you you run the risk of repeating the same shit over and over again by simply forgetting.
0: No, I I tend to agree with you, man. I'm I'm not for erasing history in any means, in any way, shape, or form. I'm all for um, illustrating and, and drawing a big red circle and putting a big blinking red light and all the bad stuff in history so that we're aware of it but i also think we definitely don't have to memorialize it in any way that appears to be good i mean you know you don't need statues memorializing confederate uh, you know um, uh, soldiers you don't need uh, you know other kinds of things that there's you, there's ways to not forget about history without sensationalizing it or memorializing it or or, or you know aggrandizing it making it more spectacular which is what a lot of a lot of times they've done with you know the stuff that we're talking about as far as taking down statues and, and those kind of things um, you know they those shouldn't have been in the first place i mean you can remember how bad the confederacy was, is without having to see a statue of jefferson davis you know what i'm saying so um and i think one glorifies it and that's that's the issue so um yeah i mean i don't you know it's it's tough i mean i to say it 's all reactionary that 's true. Um, I think a lot of it is reactionary i think but but ultimately that's the goal right i mean the, the question is does it matter do, do the means matter does it does it that's what the movement wants that 's the point of protesting that 's the point of saying something is you now need to do something. I mean, it should have been done years ago, and they've been saying it for a long time, and it's taken way too long to act, but that's the point, right, is to say, we're done, you have to make a change now. So even though it's reactionary, that's kind of the goal of the protest in the first place, is to have some sort of reaction to it, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it does feel a little disingenuous, and some of it feels overstretching, you know, and some of it feels even more divisive. I mean, I saw this thing that said... <clears throat> that the NFL is now proposing to play the black, and I'm using air quote, black national anthem along with
1: yeah, the Star I saw that. before
0: the game. And I'm torn on it, you know. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with with anything that is considered pro-black or, or making them feel more integrated into society, but I don't, I'm don't. i not sure that that's what it does. I mean, I, me personally, I'd rather than not sing the Star Spangled Banner and not sing anything and just not have any songs sung before the game than have what I feel like is two songs that become divisive. You know, oh, we're going to have the white national anthem, and then we're going to have the black national anthem. It feels like it's decisive, or divisive, not decisive, divisive, and it feels like it's more, it creates more, uh, you know, less integration and more segregation than it than people together. So I'd rather them just not sing the national anthem at all at sporting events that way it doesn't offend anybody as opposed to doing two I think two seems divisive I don't know so I mean I don't it's, it's tough I mean you know it's all it's all super emotionally charged and everyone's commenting on it from a perspective that a lot of times they don't have you know I mean I, I have my opinion but I'm not black I you know I'm not Mexican I'm not uh, you know a person of color per se I mean being Jewish I guess I'm you know, uh, an oppressed race to a certain extent, but, um, you know, my ability to, to potentially hide or integrate myself with society is much greater than yours, just based upon the pigment of our skin. And and so, you know, I, I understand and I, I get it. I just, it's it's a tough situation at the moment I, and, and, and it shouldn't be, you know, I mean, in theory, it should be real simple. You know, we're all the same just treat each other equal and, and just treat everybody kindly and nice, but people don't do that. And people don't feel that way. And I don't know. You know, you have to change hearts and minds, and that's
1: a really hard thing to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's all one big, giant shit pile of a mess, and no one has a, uh, uh, a winning formula for how to deal with this. No, and, I think that's true. Uh, and I guess true. it's just going to continue the way it is, but my, I, I just can't help in the back of my head, you know, how long before everything is just forgotten, and we go back to the status quo of Black people being murdered.
0: Right. No, I think that's unfortunately probably true, and it's probably going to happen much sooner than than anybody or than, than me and you wanted or than it should or whatever. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I imagine that that's that's very true, especially if they continue to uh, deploy the military to places like Portland or Chicago where they want to quell what they are considering violent protesters in their you know, taking people off the streets. I'm sure you've seen the articles about them, taking
1: people off. the streets I just heard about it, and it's strange because I have to pass through downtown to get from work to home. Yeah. And there really is, not I guess, everybody's. You know, uh, the freaks come out at night, so to speak. Because yeah, I don't, don't really see, see shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, I saw, I saw this one, this one white girl. That's the thing that's so, like, it, it confuses me. Because I've seen a couple of white people with Black Lives Matter, something related to that, or a shirt with a black fist. But then when they walk past me, they look anywhere but at me, a black person. So I'm, I'm very confused. This has happened three times now. You know, one time it was a person at Amazon wearing a Black Lives sticker on a shirt. And when we walked by each other, she looked the completely opposite way. And then another time it was a white man wearing a shirt with a black fist, and you know, a black power symbol. Again, looked the other way, and then the, like this was the most extreme, was a uh, a younger white woman with Black Lives Matter and uh, some acronym called cab spray painted on her legs, and the bus driver wouldn't let her on because it was the bus to that capacity, and I be happened to be sitting at a seat right where I passed right by her, you know. So when I passed right by her, we locked eyes, and she quickly looked away. So it's I I, I don't know. I don't want to be a skeptic of people's, you know, whatever they're fucking fighting for. But some, it just like I said, just doesn't feel feels dis- disingenuine to me or like it's a bandwagon to jump on. And it's nothing more than, well, if I don't wear this, then I look like I'm a fucking racist. But you are some fucking sort of racist if you're wearing it just to make yourself seem like you're not, in my opinion, maybe not a racist, but you are suspicious of shit. You know, I, I can't help you the what people believe in. If you believe that me as a black man, I have no right and I'm not equal to you, you're free to believe that. You're also free to burn in hell, in my opinion. I'm just saying. I'm not going to sure. stop anybody from feeling how they really feel. If that's how you really feel and you're willing to take that to the grave, then by all means, sweetie, do you be authentic to yourself? I, because I don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck. Other people's racism doesn't affect me unless they're talking about my children. Because you can talk about me all day. I'm beyond the point. I know know my history. I know what the fucking truth is. And I know who I am as a person, which is at the end of the day, all I want to be seen as, as a person. And I want to be seen as an angry person or a funny person or a black person. I just want to be seen as a human being. And all this shit that I'm seeing going on, it just doesn't have me convinced. I'm sorry. And I'm not trying to speak you know, down about transgender movements or anything like that. But I I feel like people give more of a shit about fighting for transgender people's lives than they do about fucking black people's lives. And to me, that's fucked up. Everything should be equal. You cannot tell me that something matters more than one other thing, that the only reason that you're celebrating that one thing matters more is because you've been locked inside, trapped, and forced To look at what what's been happening to people you know like i said in the last podcast if it wasn't for this coronavirus which is just you know what they would call the perfect storm these fucking people wouldn't be out here like this i'm i'm sorry man but if it was if people really felt like this then this shit would have been happening a long time ago like how many people have to get killed for for you know a a boiling point to be reached because to me one person is enough And I've been angry for a very long time. It's just the simple fact that I'm black and you can't be black and angry in in white America. That is not a way to continue living. That's the way to get killed really easily, you know, by some confused, scared, fucking white lady.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a tough situation. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, there's no real easy way to approach it. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're doing it disingenuously don't do it just be honest to how you feel about it and take responsibility for your feelings even if they're fucked up you just have to take you know ownership of your feelings and, and if you can't then you have to have some introspection and, and 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 look at why you're not willing to to take responsibility for those feelings you know if in your heart of hearts you feel that black people are less than you why why are you not why don't you feel like you're emboldened enough to say that? I mean, you should be. Otherwise, you, you have otherwise you're skeptical about how you feel. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you're, you're you're questioning how you feel, or you're not being honest with yourself. So, you know, be be open and upfront about it if you you know. And and at the same time, you know, I mean, I don't. You're right. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily see it the same way you do. I don't think that there is more push towards defending anybody more than.
1: I'm just saying uh, that I remember the all these not not recently, but in the past, How it's sure. been a big thing of, you know, LGBTQ rights and whatnot. And the way that I feel about it. And I've had someone who's transgender tell me try to relate their struggle to my struggle. And I just replied like no one's out there, you know, openly killing you guys. I know terrible shit happens to you guys on a somewhat constant basis. But, you know, I, I was very offended by that to compare our struggles to try to gain sympathy for me. And I just, I don't know, it's hard sometimes. Like, I was having a discussion with a uh, a black lady at Amazon. It's like, it's hard for me to decide sometimes to, to, to decipher whether someone's being a racist or just being a fucking asshole. And it's, it really is hard for me just because, I mean, when you... When well, it can used- be both, right? <laughs> they can be both, but sometimes it's it, it can be one or the other. Like this, you know, this lady, I walked into a, a, a Walgreens, you know. I walked in between, behind two different groups of people. One was a couple and the other one was on their own. And and they happened to be white people. And the lady at the register greeted them. I walked through. She doesn't say shit. And I'm like, in, in my heart, I'm like, I'm not going to waste my energy to confront this person. And then another white person walks in right when I'm cashing out. And she says, good afternoon. I said, so you can tell them good afternoon, but you can't fucking tell me good afternoon. She said, well, I was busy. I said, I walked in be- behind the last two white people you told good afternoon. And she said, well, sometimes blah, blah. And I just mumbled. I said, yeah, I, if I was a fucking racist too, I wouldn't, say a good, I wouldn't say hello to a nigger either. And she flipped <laughs> out, in the, and this worker in the middle of the store yelled out loud, I'm not a racist. And then her, her brilliant comeback was, you're a racist or calling me a racist. <laughs> Which is something that like I don't even understand how that becomes a an argument that you can have. To me, from the way that I saw it, you couldn't have been she couldn't have been busy. She saw me walking right behind them. You know, it's just it's it's simple shit like that that I have to learn to kind of just I mean, like I said, if it's not pointed at my children, why should I give a fuck about how it makes me feel? I mean, I am a human being, but at the same time a thirty two year old man. Some things you just have to let roll off your back I suppose but I'm not so much inclined anymore I feel like in the past if I said anything about someone you know treating me unfairly I'd get ganged up on by a bunch of people who weren't black that's just kind of how it always goes but now there's enough groundswell to the point where I feel like us as black people we don't have to take anybody's shit anymore you know my friend and, and I give her credit because she's Asian she's she doesn't she doesn't really know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and she made a comment um I told her I was sneaker than her and she she's Asian she does karate so it could have been kind of a a racist comment that I made I, I didn't intend it that way but then she said because you're Batman I said why does it have to be because I'm Batman and she said well then because you're black and you can't be seen in the dark and I'm like dude what the fuck is wrong with you you can't say that shit and she apologized. She's very apologetic. The only reason I let her slide is because she, uh, culturally we're too different. She's, I, I believe she's Taiwanese. So culturally we are very, very different. And it's more of an innocent thing for her. And explaining and breaking it down to her made her realize that even though it was she was trying to joke, it just wasn't funny. And I explained to her, I've heard that, you know, almost my whole entire life. You know, smile nigger so I can see you. And I, I just like... I don't I, I just like I said, I don't I don't feel like especially with everybody else deciding that we finally gained enough sentience of importance that they can now stand up for us. I feel like black people, even though we've you know, kind of not taken shit most of history, it's still kind of been, you know, kind of kinda the kind of the way that a dog would react after being beaten so many times, you know. Where now it's afraid of you raising its hand. I feel like culturally as black people, we've kind of been afraid to speak up and defend ourselves. And now we're not going to take... I know myself personally, I'm not going to take anybody's shit anymore. And I will call you the fuck out if I feel like...
0: Hey, I don't know what happened. Yeah, my phone dropped you somehow. All of a sudden it just said disconnected. So I don't know if my signal got weak or what.
1: God, you got to get a new phone, man.
0: I know, I know. I've been dragging my feet. But yeah,
1: I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I let's just say that last piece. We we'll move on to this next article. Unless you had anything to add, is that I'm just at a point where I'm not taking anybody's shit. And if I feel like it's something that you're doing to me because of the color, the unfortunate, unfortunate, very unfortunate color of my skin, I will call you the fuck out. And I think that lady felt very embarrassed to yell. Oh, I'm not a racist at a black person at her place of work, but it's it's a, it's a fucking lesson you're just some things that people say, you know, when you see something and someone tells you it's not what it looks like, but it's definitely what it looks like. It's usually what it looks like. Not what the idiot idiot is trying to convince you. It's not. And I think that's what we all have to do. And, 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 and like I said in the last podcast, it doesn't stop with just black lives matter. You know, everybody, it doesn't matter who you are. To me, your life is important no matter where you were fucking born. And I think it's time that we just stop being terribly racist towards anybody. Black people are very guilty of being racist towards other races. And some of them will explain away a way as, oh, it's okay. Like, and my, my position on it is if you know how it feels to be ostracized and looked down upon just based off of where you were born or the color of your skin, then you wouldn't want to visit that same hatred on other people. You know, I, I blocked a guy who was friends, I was friends with in high school because he was making fun of uh, a Middle Eastern guy for praying and talking about, Oh, he was a terrorist. And when I stressed to them that we should be the last kind of people saying fucked up shit like this, then they tried to make fun of me. So I just blocked them because they weren't really understanding what the fuck I was saying that their words are disgusting and you shouldn't, you just shouldn't be like that. You know, I've always felt like if you're going to dislike someone, it has to be because of the content of the character, what's on the inside. Because looks can be deceiving, you know? A lot of people, especially in the movies, oh, the, the white guy's always a good guy. Yeah, you know, because systemically in the system, is taught you that only white people can be good people. But I've known so many white people who have done so many fucked up things and committed so many crimes and felonies that it just like, you, we just have to evolve the way we've been thinking and get past the mental barriers that have kept us from loving each other the way that we were supposed to, the way that our ancestors used to do way before slavery. You know, I'm talking maybe a couple, maybe a decade and a half after cavemen had learned to not be so stupid. Because we weren't always like this as human beings. You know, this wasn't how it, was, it always was racially divided. It used to be, you know, back in the crusades that we were divided by people who had, people who didn't. And then the people who didn't have faith in God got crusaded upon you know, murdered really, really terribly for years. So I just, while I'm skeptical of on the intent of the whole Black Lives movement, I'm hopeful that as human beings, we can come to a better understanding of each other or at least be more respectful.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. I think, unfortunately, it seems to me human nature to feel in some way shape or form for whatever reason whether it's because you're taller or you're skinnier or you're faster or your skin color or the amount of money you make or the car you drive or the job you have or the size of your feet or the size of your dick or the size of the color of your hair or how much hair you have on your head or where you were born that for whatever reason we find a way to find to, to come up with some reason that we're better than that person next to us and we do that all the time. We do that around everything. I mean, we're an extremely judgmental species and I don't know, I'm starting to believe that that's inherent. I'm not sure that that's something I think it seems to be hardwired. I mean, I feel like they've been doing that. I mean, even in the cave days when cavemen felt that way about women, I mean, it doesn't really matter whether it's men to men, male to to female, female to female. I mean, men have always felt like they're in a more dominant or superior position to women. Um, And that's been since the creation of people or since, you know, people have first come out of the the water or however you believe they've come. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, for whatever reason, we as a species feel like we have to try to put ourselves above the person next to us or, or, or believe that we're superior to them. And until we can, Find some way, and I don't even know that it's possible. You know, until we find some way to, to rewire the the brain somehow, either through thought process, because a lot of times it's mind over matter, and you know, the, if you lead, the brain will follow. But you know, maybe it does take some actual rewiring of brain chemistry or something. I don't know, but something's got to happen because we're an extremely judgmental and divisive species in general. Anything that we can do to to, to point out somebody else's flaw to make. Ourselves feel better. I mean, it's not all racism per se, um, you know, but it's all it's all bigotry. It's all prejudice. It's all you know, um, and it just it's it, it's in everything. I mean, you know, in, in high school, there's cliques. You know, if you don't have the right pair of shoes or the right shirt, you're made fun of. It. If you don't have the right bike, you're made fun of. It. If you don't have this, you don't have that. You know, it's the wrong color. If you're not in the right, whatever the case may be, you know, and it's it's ridiculous, even amongst you know your own group of friends. You know, I mean, there's always it's relentless and, and, you know, it's called ribbing, you know, and it's called teasing or capping on people. There?
1: Yeah, sorry. I don't know what that was.
0: So I was just saying, you know, I was reading this thing on Facebook the other day. This black guy who works for a right wing conservative think tank and is an ex police officer basically said racism doesn't exist and that white privilege isn't real because he's never experienced it. And And, and you know, first of all, your experience isn't everyone's experience. That's one. And two, you don't think we can recognize, you know, a, a, an Uncle Tom? I mean, give me a break. I mean, you know, or an Uncle Ruckus. I mean, I mean, and it's unfortunate that that's how it's referred to, but that's how it's looked at, you know. And, and it, you know, the that's...
1: sad, I, I hate to stop you right there, but the sad thing about the phrase Uncle Tom is that somehow it got mixed up because the Uncle Tom character was someone who actually tried to help the slaves I, I learned that years ago so I am was constantly trying to re-educate people on
0: sure no 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 and I'm aware of that I was just more using it just in, in the as that
1: as the yeah
0: just as people know it but you're right I mean you're right I mean really Uncle Ruckus is a much better if you're familiar with the boondocks Uncle Ruckus oh yeah is a much better you know comment on that uh you know perspective from that but they're and they're out there I mean they're you know, but that doesn't mean that that's everybody's
1: experience, yeah. Like that one police chief who, uh, I don't remember if he's in New York or someone, but he's pretty much just like not good representation for black people because he's I don't know, he's fucking I don't even know if you know who I'm talking about, but god, I can't remember his name. He's this black police chief or captain or something, but he's pretty much sounds just like that guy you're talking about, I'm not believing yeah. racism yeah. or anything like that.
0: I saw a clip on Facebook of, of, of uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Lawrence Fishburne and Little Wayne being supposedly interviewed about racism and all of them saying, Little Wayne saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to dismiss anybody's, you know, uh, what's happened to them, but I, I've never experienced racism. And now I don't, maybe he really said that and maybe he really feels that way, but I can't imagine how. I mean, uh, there's just no way. I mean, I, I'm not even black and I've seen it. With black people I know just being in their proximity. I've been into grocery stores with my black friends and have seen them be followed. I've seen racism happen in front of my face and I'm not even black. You know what I'm saying? I've had anti Semitic comments directed directly at me. I've experienced my own anti Semitic racism. I'm like, so you can't tell me that that's that you. I don't believe that. First of all, I don't even know that I believe that those interviews are real. I don't know how you could doctor them up per se, but I'm not sure. But even if they are, I mean, that doesn't mean that your experience is the common experience. You're you know you're the outlier, and 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 sure maybe as a rich rapper you don't experience that because everybody knows who little Wayne is. But I, first of all, I don't believe that you don't. I think you're lying, and secondly you're not doing it. And so what, you know, I mean that again, you can't diminish somebody else's experience just because that's your experience, you know? So I don't know. The whole situation is messed up. I know we've talked way more about this for a light podcast than we wanted to. So I guess we can get it. Let's move uh, on to the next piece of news.
1: Yeah. Let's move on to the next piece of news. And the next piece of news is, I don't know if you remember this uh, quaint little nineties PBS kids show. It was called wishbone. And it says that Wishbone movie and the works based on beloved 90s TV show. Wishbone will be adapted by Mattel Films and Universal into a feature-length movie produced by Peter Farley. And for me, uh, for one, I, I loved the tales and adventures of Wishbone. I was almost going to break out to the theme song, but was I can't little, really was remember. Was Wishbone
0: a little beagle dog?
1: No, he wasn't a little beagle dog. He was a, uh, fuck, what's a, uh, Jack Russell Terrier.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just, and then I just, go on
1: these little, you know, pretend to be Robin Hood. And one time sure. he did the, uh, the, the time traveling. Uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of it. But you know, just different uh, literary heroes, sure. basically. And I, I remember, you know, pound for pound, it was entertaining, it was informative, and it had adventure in, in at least every episode. And now, as a grown man, especially looking at this picture of him, I assume playing Doctor Frankenstein. What, are you open a bag of chips?
0: I oh, am, yeah, actually. Leave me alone. <laughs>
1: <It's> <laughs> okay, <too loud. laughs> well, I could, that's all I could hear. That's why I stopped talking. My bad. But, no, it'll be, uh, it'll be exciting. It says, a new b- movie based on the 90s TV classic, Wishbone. Will be making its way to theater soon. Probably not anytime soon. But this adaption would be the first new Wishbone content in over two decades. The PBS Kids television show rap production, Jesus, I am old. Rap production in 1997, only returning once for a made for TV film in 98, while it was on the air Wishbone told the story of a Jack Russell Terrier named Wishbone with a big imagination, in each episode Wishbone would, would imagine himself as the main character of famous works of liter- literature like Great Expectations, Romeo and Juliet, The Treasure Island or Treasure Island among many others. Although the show adapted published stories for a young audience, it was often praised for its faithfulness to the source material. Wishbone won several awards, including four daytime Emmys. Are you done with your chips? I am. Okay.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really, I mean, I vaguely remember it as you see, I described him as a beagle. So I vaguely remember Wishbone being a dog um, and that there was some sort of a cartoon um, but I, I wasn't, I, I can't say that. I it was live was action.
1: Watching. It wasn't a cartoon. It was yeah. live action. Uh, see,
0: so I don't even remember it enough because I remember there was a cartoon and live action. So, so I guess I don't really have much input on it either way. But I assume it'll be a live action movie as well. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's <clears> saying, <throat> uh it, I would assume that they wouldn't break with that. Uh, so, yeah, it I mean, says, I'm... now Variety reports that the Adventures of Wishbones will be back in the form of a live action film. The Wishbone movie comes as a partnership between Universal Studios and Mattel Films, a branch of the popular toy manufacturing uh, company. The movie will reportedly be produ- produced by Peter Farley, director of the Can- Academy Award-winning film The Green Book, which is controversial in itself. and I don't really want to get into that at this moment, but uh, there aren't many details as to what will happen in the movie or that what famous literary works might be adapted, but Mattel promises the new film will be a fun, family-friendly comedy.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll probably check it out. I, you know, as do see, most, you know, family slash kids movies, I like them and I tend to see them. And uh, you know, anything with a dog is always fun. But little, I'm always a little torn about live action animals in films, especially if they have human characteristics or whatever. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I was much more. I watched the live action Lion King and I wasn't a huge fan of it. I much prefer the cartoon version. Um, but at the you same time... You watched the whole movie? I did.
1: I didn't. I made it to, I think, five minutes in, and I was like, you know what, if I want to watch The Lion King, I'll watch the original, because this is shit. Yes. I did not enjoy... You know, I still think one of the best live-action adaptions they've done has been the Jungle Book movie, even though people shit all over it for some weird reason. That's been the best one. You know, uh, Aladdin... Not so great, but the one thing that saved Aladdin was the the musical numbers and the dancing. If it wasn't for that, then Aladdin would have been not as good. I agree. And uh, but but uh, at least
0: Aladdin, at least Aladdin, uh, the focus of Aladdin is at least on humans, which makes it a little bit more palatable in live action. I have a real problem with when the focus is a hundred percent animals that you have given life cartoon, to cartoon. And now you want a real, alive lions to, you know, act in the prairie like the cartoons did. And I, and I just don't... It doesn't work the same for
1: me. I just don't... There is no... Uh, there is... You can't emote what would equate to human feelings on a photorealistic animal, which is why I just pieced out of that movie, because it just... It wasn't working for me. Right. At so, all. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially... I mean...
0: If, if wishbone oh, is done if wishbone is done like you know every other dog movie's done sam you know i mean uh, i don't know but if you know, if they try to do it like a lion king style you know, i don't know maybe I won't like to, maybe I
1: they will fail and they should definitely not do it like that harrison Ford movie with that creepy cgi dog which yeah. i and still beyond me that they couldn't just you know hire a dog actor um, right especially since it would have been cheaper and it wouldn't have looked so fucking freakish but I have high hopes for Wishbone. Hopefully, it'll turn out better than the god awful reboot, remake of the Power Rangers movie. Hello? Yeah, I don't know what's going on.
0: I'm Can not sure. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure what happened. To you me. just,
1: oh. you blanked out. Like it said, yeah. you're still connected, but I couldn't hear anything on your end.
0: Yeah, it must be, you know, I'm trying to sit right next to my router, but I'm convinced that it just has something to do with the connection. I don't, I don't know what's going on.
1: But... Yeah, Gotta love technology. Say,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it, keep, it does say disconnected when that happens, but it appears that it's on my end. So, gotta have something to do with the way my phone's connected louder, picking up the signal and
1: the Wi-Fi signal. So, Mysteries uh, of the uh, universe. Well, let's move universe. on to the next sorry. article. Next article uh, says original Zuko actor talked to Avatar Last Last Airbender creators about live-action TV show that they're going to be doing on Netflix. And the actor, Dante Basco, who voiced Zuko on Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, sorry, confirms he talked to the series creator about the live action adaption. And what's cool about this is that Dante Basco, if you remember the movie Hook, is Rufio. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And nice. he's also the uncle uh, of the young woman who played Cassandra Kane in the Birds of Prey movie that came out recently. Uh-huh. So yeah. I, I for one, you know, you can't get enough for Rufio. He can fight, he can fly, and he can... Curl like a rooster, apparently. I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> he can do all those things. And, yeah, so it says Dante Basco, who voiced the fan-favorite Prince Zuko on Avatar The Last Airbender, confirms he's talked to series creators Michael Dante, D. Martino, and Brian, I'm going to butcher his name, Con Tizoki, Con Brian K., about the upcoming live-action adaption Avatar has already been adapted into live action as we all nightmarishly terribly remember before with M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. But to say it didn't go well would be putting it lightly. Uh, Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just laughing at that comment.
1: Yeah, no, it didn't go lightly at all. And that's, That's pretty much all. Let me see if there's anything else. No, it doesn't say. It just looks to be confirmed talks between Dante Basco and the creators of Avatar The Last Airbender, which is... Netflix. uh, uh it'll be a
0: Netflix? It'll be a Netflix? Show? Yes, it'll it's be-
1: going to be a, a live-action Netflix show, and they have already said, you know, I think a couple times, don't worry, we're not going to whitewash this one. Interesting. And so, yeah, I think I had heard about that news, I want to say, a year ago, maybe. And uh, given everything going on currently with the Pandemic might be a little bit more time. Who knows? They might have been already halfway through post-production. Not sure though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love the cartoon. Uh, obviously, the M Night Shyamalan was a wash. I thought that was terrible. Um, but which is really unfortunate because I tend to like M Night Shyamalan. I have mean, most of his movies I've enjoyed. Some of them are definitely better than others. Some of them I've enjoyed more than others. But as a general rule, I think he's a decent storyteller or a decent, you know, director or whatever the case may be. Um, So I was disappointed. At first, I was kind of excited when I saw the live-action version coming out and that it was going to be done by and by Shyamalan. I thought, oh, that's going to be really cool, and then it was terrible. So as long as this one's better and and done, you know, in a way that that is more enjoyable to watch, better dialogue, better written, whatever the case may be. um, Yeah, I'm all for it. The cartoon is one of my favorite cartoons, so um and rufio is a great character i did not know that rufio that the actor that played rufio was also the voice of prince zuko so um, that's news to me uh, i learn something new every day and uh yeah it just makes me like rufio even more because the rufio character was always cool um he so, yeah, was I mean, a badass
1: I mean, in that hairstyle you know in oh, <laughs> the 90s
0: that's right so i'll definitely check it out i mean I, i'll watch it you know if the one that comes out for sure so um, I watch most Netflix stuff anyhow, just because I'm always looking for stuff to watch. And I watch
1: because you you're a Netflix or- stan.
0: Well, I'm an inordinate. I watch an inordinate amount of TV. I watch everything, so it doesn't just it's not just Netflix. But uh,
1: well, after they so. stripped, uh, it's Always sunny in Philadelphia. I had no choice but to leave.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, nope, no. Nope, I'm still dedicated to Netflix. But as much as much for the content that I watch is that I share my. Don't anyone listening. Don't tell anyone but I share my Netflix fast food with like five other people. So if I cancel my subscription, maybe what else
1: would you So You are so. going to streaming hell for that, Alan. That's right. So,
0: so I can't cancel it for no other reason than just on that. But I, I watch a lot of stuff on Netflix. I've found a lot of stuff on there that I enjoy a lot. So uh,
1: yeah, I'm kind of but, hearing but, about some new shit on Netflix. I'm like, shit, maybe I should just like go back for like a free trial to check out some of these movies that, Sound like they're really fucking good.
0: Yeah, I mean, they do some good stuff. You know, for every every good show they put out is, and you know, a Netflix show or we're talking about Netflix original content. For every one show they put out, they have two or three bad shows, but they do have some good shows. I mean, they they put out some really good stuff over the years. Um, you know, and of course, you know, not everybody likes all the same stuff. So, me saying that something's good isn't necessarily mean you're going to enjoy it, but. You know, I find a lot of stuff on there that I enjoy. Plus, you know, for the most part, it does, uh, you're able to find, although I do find that Hulu's much better at it, I can find most of anything that I'm looking for on between Netflix and Hulu, and a lot of times on Netflix, which is nice. I mean, I like being able to. And the, the best thing about Netflix, at least in my opinion, is that it's there, you click it, you watch it. There's no added oh, well, if you want to watch this show, you have to pay extra, or if you want to watch this without commercials, you have to pay extra, or you have to you just charge me one price up front and let me just have free access to all of it. You know what I'm saying? And that way I can make a decision on what the fuck's going on. Because there's nothing yeah. worse than like, on Amazon, you know, I search for something that I want to watch, and then it's pay, and it's like, dude, I don't want to pay, and even if it's only two ninety nine or whatever. I know it's not prohibitive, the cost, but it's, it's, it's the principle. It's like, dude, I'm already paying eleven ninety nine a month for this fucking Amazon app, you know, Amazon Prime app, and now I can't even watch half the shit on here without paying extra money. It's like, really? So, and Hulu, in some respects, is the same way, because you know, if it's a live TV type thing, you can't watch it or whatever, and it's like, fuck, man, I just want to pay my price and be able to have access to everything that's on that streaming platform without any issues, so. Which is the one thing I do like to about Netflix. So, yeah, I mean, I'll watch the Avatar movie for short, or Avatar show, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited for that. I hadn't heard that, but I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah, it does. It sounds interesting. Um, I guess I'll just wait until it comes out and then peep some reviews and probably bit toward it, because... I, you know, Uh you know how I am. I have my way. You're
0: you're a pirate.
1: Yeah, I'm a goddamn pirate. (laughs) Call the East
0: Indian
1: Indian Trading Company.
0: You're a modern day technology swashbuckler.
1: Yeah, the high seas of the internet is what I prefer to surf or set sail upon.
0: There you go. All right, so you got more news?
1: Yeah, and actually, as a small update, and we don't really have to get into it at all. And it's more just a, an answer to your question. Um, it says that Wendell Price lobbies to be the new voice of Family Guy character Cleveland, and Wendell Price is of the Jack Ryan and the Wire fame. Actor submitted himself for consider. Uh, I'm sorry, for consideration after longtime Cleveland actor Mike Henry, a white man, stepped down from the role. After voicing the character for 20 years, which is a long fucking time, that's like half of my life almost. But uh, yeah, that's to answer your question. Not sure if he'll get it, but Wendell Price has lobbied to be the new voice of Cleveland.
0: If it's a guy I'm thinking of, and I can't Google his face right now because my phone will probably disconnect me from this podcast if I do it. But if I think it's who I think it is, that's a good cast. I mean... It'll be interesting to see his voice doesn't sound anything like Cleveland's voice, so either he's going to have to change his voice or they're going to let Cleveland have a new voice, but I like that guy. I like If it's the guy that I'm thinking of, it's the, it, I like
1: him. Yeah, I haven't... I think the only thing I saw him is was in was the... Uh, he popped up real quick in a spot in one of the Twilight movies as like an executor of, of some shit like that, but he... I think it was uh, the last movie he popped up to help them get some paperwork to run away but that's about all i've seen wendell price in i don't really yeah, and know I The Wire,
0: so I, I think it's i think it's mcnulty's partner bunk i think was his name on the wire i think that's the actor he's the heavy set guy right yeah yeah that's him he's a great actor i don't know if you ever watched the wire but if you haven't check it out
1: i am Down way behind on the wire
0: that's an amazing show that's one of the best shows ever created for tv and he's great on that show
1: that's what i so keep hearing cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely good news. But to get off of the, I feel like we've talked about race and whatnot. enough. So we're just going to breeze right by to the next um, bit of news. And the next bit of news is that after being delayed or pushed back, I want to say two, possibly three times, um, Christopher Nolan's Tenet movie has its release date postponed again, this time indefinitely as Warner Bros. tries to figure out a new release strategy. And, you know, with everything going on, there really is no release strategy. I don't don't really see the point. I know that money, money, money rules rules the world of Hollywood and whatnot. But we're kind of, you know, dealing with an epidemic right now. And I don't really think if you're smart, you're not going out to the fucking movies. You're not really going out anywhere if you're smart. You're kind of just doing what you got to do. You know, if you got a job like me, I go to work and then I come home. You know, Other people can go enjoy an arcade or go have a fucking beer with a bunch of strangers. But for me, I just don't feel like that's necessary. My life for a beer. No, thanks.
0: No, I hear you. I totally agree. You know, um, it'll be interesting. You know, I suppose that is, you know, if people want to actually get together and, 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 and do a show and you have the whole crew that's, that's there willingly and, and, and isn't, there, you know, because they feel like they have to be there or forced to be there because they're going to lose their job or whatever. Um, you know, uh, more power to them if they want to risk their lives to make a TV show to entertain me, but or a movie to entertain me, but I don't blame anybody that doesn't want to. And, you know, it's a tough situation. I mean, I totally understand that we're in the middle of this pandemic and that things can't just kind of operate as usual. And at the same time, there's a lot of people that, that, that don't have it aren't going to die from it and, and, and their lives are indefinitely put on hold. And so I can understand some of that frustration. I'm not saying that that, they're, that that means that they should pander to them or that they should, you know, whatever, start making movies again, but I can understand, you know, the desire to want to get back to acting, to want to get back to doing your shows. If you're a producer or a writer to to have some sort of idea of when, you're going to next be able to direct a TV show or a movie, you know? So I, so I can get that, you know, at the same time, you're right. I mean, we're dealing with things that are bigger than Hollywood and and things that are bigger than movies and and entertainment. Um, So I don't know, but again, you know, for us it's entertainment, but for a lot of people, and I'm not even talking about the the overpaid actors for a lot of people, it's their livelihood. and, And without any of that going on, those people have no no means to make any money you down to you know set people lighter lighting people you know grip uh, grip assistants all those guys that make the the actual mechanism work of filming those things of producing you know television and movie content are all out of a job as long as that stuff isn't going on and and I don't know how long you can keep people from from that stuff, even you know i there's this ongoing debate about how much you protect people from themselves, you know, and and I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like uh, as a grown, educated uh, adult, I don't need to really be protected from myself. I feel like I'm smart enough to make the decisions that I need to make for myself. And if I make the wrong decision, I'm the one that suffers the consequences. So and at the same time as a whole, I understand that, you know, you can't just let people do everything they want to do all the time. I mean, I get that, but it's not just willy nilly. Everybody just lives to their own ideology and, and does what makes them feel good. Cause then we'd be in a fun situation, I guess, much like we are in many respects. But, um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm torn. I, you know, the whole situation is, is tough. I mean, I don't, I, I'm ready for my, you know, I don't, I don't, want to accept yet that my fall shows are not going to be coming in the fall <laughs> I know they're not but I'm not ready to accept that yet I want them all to come in the fall in September because I want it to provide me both entertainment from the fucked up shit that's going on and to provide some sort of sense of normalcy so that my I feel like the whole world isn't just falling down around my head which of course is is not realistic but that's how that's what it does you know in a certain time
1: yeah, uh, escape I, from I, realism
0: I'm not ashamed to admit that at certain times I value that or need that, you know. I mean, not all the time, you know, but it's realities in your face all the time, and so it's nice to have some of that escape. So, I don't know, I'm torn. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely torn.
1: I am, uh, well, as you know, I always keep myself occupied with constant reruns of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so I feel like the only way for us to get out of this living hell is we all just need to put a goddamn mask on and do our fucking best to not let this thing spread. And if that means that all the productions... So I'm sorry, there's just no way in my head to properly shoot anything where it involves any kind of close conversation without breaking some kind of CDC guidelines. So just, it all just seems like you're setting yourself up to fail in the pursuit of not wasting money, which is, in my idea... You just shouldn't be doing this. I don't see they're doing it, apparently, with Jurassic World 3, somehow shooting and and abiding by these guidelines. But um, I don't know. I think you should do what's health conscious and the smart decision. And, you know, maybe with a little bit of um, dedication and focus, we can get out of this fucking hellscape that we're living in.
0: No, I think that that's true. I mean, I think that we definitely need people to take it more seriously and to do the things that need to be done in order to try to get out of the situation. That's for sure. I think the unfortunate reality is is that this country is clearly full of a lot of uh, entitled people that feel like they don't have to do the things that – or they don't want to do the things that help protect everybody else. So they don't – you know, it's probably not going to happen. And as a result, you see what's happening that we're leading the world in coronavirus cases and, and, and just continue to get worse. It so I don't know. It's a fuck situation. I know that.
1: Hey, you I know, America I, I always wants to be Canada. number one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. On to the next bit of news. Uh, this one might, might, might tickle your funny bone. because it definitely made me just go, no, what the fuck, but uh, WWE's, Big Show wants to play Kingpin when the MCU reboots Daredevil. Says, WWE Superstar, the Big Show, a.k.a. aka Paul White. Spelled W-I-G-H-T, not, you know, W-H-I-T-E. Right. Right. Wants to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Wilson, the Kingpin Fisk, in Daredevil reboot. And I, for, you know, my two and a half cents, I'm just going to say no, thank you. We already have a Kingpin. As much as I don't like Vincent D'Onofrio and, and other works he's done, he is... Wilson Fisk, and I'm sorry, there's just no fucking way that the Big Show convinced me. Besides being fat and white, which are two of the common denominators to be the kingpin, he just doesn't—he just doesn't do it for me at all on any scale.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, just my immediate thoughts are probably correct—that they uh, really don't, um, what you might call it that uh, he doesn't really necessarily seem to fit this the film other than beyond the physical portrayal um, or the physical characteristics, I guess. But, you know, I mean, I, he's not – I mean, I guess I, I, I'm not sure – I agree with you. I don't think we need somebody else. I think Nathria does a good job. I mean, I suppose that if they're going to put something else on and he doesn't want to be a part of it, then you have to deal with that. Um, you know, or whatever the case may be, Um, and you have to recast somebody else's fist, fist, it it is what it is, but, um, you know, and maybe the the big show would be okay in that role, I don't know. I mean, only time would actually tell. I'd have to see him actually perform in that role to know if I thought that he did it okay, but just from the sounds of it, it seems like it's a little, uh, a bit of a stretch. So I thought you were going to say he wanted to play Daredevil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God, that like, would uh, be. A...
0: As soon as you said Fisk I thought, well, at least he's you know a big fat white guy, so I mean, at least there's something there. But I yeah, you're gonna say something else, so. so I don't know. I mean, well, I, he wants you know, to be
1: Matt Murdock.
0: That's right. Um, you know, WWE is gonna do what they do, and and we've had the ongoing debate about WWE and and what they do, and so on. So I don't know. I mean, it it it, it would probably be. A wash. I can't imagine that he would be overly successful. But again, I, you know, I'll, I'll hold making judgment until I actually see, uh, you know, if it, if it comes out. Until they actually see how he does. Because I don't know about you, but I watched that um, the show on that he has a show. Oh, you don't have Netflix. The he Big show, a show show. Yeah, which I actually like. I mean, it's it's not high quality writing. It's not even what I would call you know a minus comedy writing it's pretty c plus b minus comedy writing and it's kind of cheesy but he's okay in the end it's funny i think he does a good job i I was surprised at how well he actually acted and, and carried himself i actually enjoy the show so i'm not opposed to the big show um i guess we just have to see what it actually came out like
1: yeah, I mean, um, that's a little bit more optimism than me. I am totally opposed to the big show. <laughs> he should fucking retire. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say no thank you all the way.
0: Yeah. I hear you. And, uh, you. Hopefully it won't happen for you.
1: <laughs> hopefully, but you never know. But I'm because hopeful. Because if you
0: don't want it to, it probably will.
1: Yeah, that's usually how the universe works. It's <laughs> mysterious asshole ways.
0: So, you got but more stuff for
1: That is it. The, uh, the next bit of news is that I am coming up on the two-year anniversary of the podcast. You are coming up on the one year because you joined a little bit after. But next, set this coming Saturday, actually, the 25th, is the two-year anniversary of Entertainment Beyond.
0: Wow. Very cool.
1: Yeah. So, I didn't okay. know if you wanted to do a podcast yeah,
0: Absolutely. To an and, anniversary uh, podcast, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I figured, you know, for once, because I actually have this movie called The Old Guard that they just released on Netflix that I heard got rave reviews. It's actually a comic book adaption, and it's actually for a man named Brian K. Vaughn, who lives in Portland, Oregon. So I thought we could talk about this movie. It's called Old Guard? The Old Guard, yes. The old guard. Okay, yeah, I'll check. It that stars. Uh, it stars um, Charlize Theron, who is, yeah. you know, always a delight to see.
0: Yeah, I tend to like her movies for sure.
1: Yeah, so we can do that uh, next Saturday, or I'm Absolutely. sorry, not next Saturday. This coming Saturday, it'll be the two year anniversary of Entertainment Beyond podcast, and I look forward to it. It's been a fun. First year was—it's uh, like I said—it's always a blessing to be able to get you on this podcast because I feel like it's—it's it's more fun than just hearing one person's opinion, you know, because there's sure. no one to argue against it. And yeah, I've—I've I've enjoyed it every time that we get a chance to do this. I feel like it's fun, especially during these dark, dark, darkest timeline-like <laughs> times that sure. we're having.
0: No, I definitely enjoy it. It brings us uh, a little, a little a bit of pleasure to an otherwise kind of tough tough life at the moment. So no, it's been good. I've enjoyed doing it for a year and, and uh I probably said this before but it's 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 becoming a little more more definitive. We will be in Van we will be moving back to Washington, the Vancouver area in January or February of next year. So we will be able to do these live and in person and probably on a more regular basis once uh, I'm back in your neck of the woods.
1: You know what's sad is I was actually going to take a trip back home and do the uh as a, you know, to celebrate the two year anniversary, I was actually going to make a visit up to you to do a live podcast. But then this fucking virus shit happened, which is yeah. I know that I could, but I'm not going to, especially with the kid do next month. I'm not I'm just not going to even though it would be uh, important to me I, I, at the same time an, an unnecessary risk is not sure. something to do. So we'll have to supplement it with. Doing it the way we usually do it, but yeah, it's good. I figured you guys would still be moving up here, just the complications of the world happening right now, as it were.
0: Yep, absolutely. So that's coming in the near future, and that will make the podcast both better and more readily. I will be able to do it more consistently. uh,
1: Yeah, no problem to that.
0: So I did want to mention, just in passing, before we get off, two quick things. Uh, I saw, I saw, I watched Charlie's Angels, and I know you saw it in the movie theater. I think you said you might have seen it more than once.
1: No, I saw it once, but I did enjoy it.
0: I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, at the risk of of ruining it for anybody, uh, the twist with, with Patrick Stewart, I, I definitely didn't see coming. And they, it definitely made the, the movie much more enjoyable for me. I, I, I enjoyed the twist with Patrick Stewart at the end, so... Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, and I, I thought Kristen Stewart did a good job. I thought she was good. I thought they all did their they did a good job of of, of doing a, a a different take. Well, not a different take, but kind of an updated take on on Charlie's Angels. So
1: and it was nice off. that they didn't fully ignore the McG, uh right. Charlie's Angels movies and made it part of one shared universe.
0: Right, right, which I like too, because too often they do that. You know, they make two or three of something, and then five years later they make another version, and it's like the other ones never took place. It's like really, so no, I enjoyed that. And then uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Matt and Drew and talking about that one. Uh, I watched another movie, and I can't remember what it was. Just recently, it was good.
1: You don't remember any of the themes of the movie?
0: Yes, I do. I do Greyhound. Uh, You have the Disney app, right?
1: No, but I have oh, the it's, Apple. It's, 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 I have the no, Apple. That's what, I, Apple that's, yeah. what
0: I, that's what I meant. Apple. Greyhound. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's really good. I don't know if you're a Tom Hanks fan, but I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. And it's really good. He's really good. The story is good. I don't really do World War II movies um, just because I'm not a huge oh. one being Jewish. A lot of times the content is a little much for me. I don't, I don't, I'm don't. not necessarily interested in watching movies about how Jews were killed um, and the war around it. But um, – this is a little bit different, and, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's a good movie. I, if you haven't seen it, check it out. but um, it, It's very well written. Uh, the action is, is tremendous, and uh, the, the acting itself is really good.
1: I will have to check it out. I do have, uh, since I bought an iPhone, I get the uh, Apple app free for the rest of the year, so I'll have to check it out. I was annoyed to see that commercial so many different times on Hulu, <laughs> just being bombarded. You know, that's the cruelest thing about these uh, these streaming services yeah. that I already know you're going to give me commercials, so you're going to be a dick and give me a commercial about how I could avoid these commercials if I just <laughs> paid you more money. It's, uh, it's brilliant because it probably breaks a lot of people and just, fine, I'll spend the money, but for me, it's like you're a fucking dick.
0: Yeah,
1: But no, I'll have to check out uh, if you say it's good, I trust your word, I'll have to for check sure. it out.
0: I really enjoyed it. Oh, and the last bit—I'm going to vent real quick. I tried to get HBO Max, and you can't get HBO Max on Roku for whatever reason. They're fucking having contractual disputes, and it's available on other platforms, but not on the Roku platform or the Amazon platform, which are the you know the the Amazon Stick Fire Stick platform. So, which of course are like dominate like eighty percent of the streaming platform market. So. The reality is that they are not even getting a quarter of the viewership or a 10th of the viewership. They would if you it. So I'm a little pissed at HBO for that at the moment. And maybe it's a Roku thing. Maybe, I'm, maybe I should be pissed at Roku. I don't know. It's
1: like, HBO you should be mad at because there's just like absolutely no fucking way are we going to do that.
0: So it's, it's HBO. It's,
1: shit together and... it's the pettiness. of the, It's the streaming wars. Right. Yeah.
0: No, it's bullshit. So same thing with Peacock. Not that I'm interested in watching Peacock, but I... The new, yeah, the free
1: AB, yeah, there are too many,
0: right? It's not going to be on it's not on Roku either or Amazon Fire Stick because of contractual issues when it's basically a free streaming service to begin with. I mean, they have an upgradable service, but they were saying that most of it's free anyhow. So, what are you arguing about? (laughs) I just, uh, yeah, so so I was pissed about I just wanted to vent a little bit about HBO Max not being on Roku, fuckers.
1: Yeah, it's uh, these streaming wars are pretty petty. And kind of really
0: I really wish there was just one where you can just kind of get one and, and get it all, I mean I know it sucks that you and it's gonna just get worse because, as everyone creates their own, they're just gonna strip their content from the others, and exactly only be able to see. Eventually, you're only going to be able to see NBA or ABC shows on the ABC app, and you're only going to be able to see NBC shows on the NBC app, and you won't be able to watch them anywhere else. And then you're going to have to have eighty-five different apps, or be a pirate. So
1: it's the pirate life for me.
0: That's right. Now, and if I was, if I was a little bit, uh, if I was a better uh, sailor on the seas of, of the technology wave. Or information wave, internet wave. I would definitely be a pirate myself. Uh, that's one of the things I'm actually kind of looking forward to moving up there because I'm hoping that maybe I can uh, convince you and guilt you into coming over and helping me set up some sort of a, teaching me how to be a uh, pirate. So,
1: yeah, it'll be my pleasure. You know, because it's frustrating that you're spending all this money. I mean, but yeah, <laughs> <I agree. laughs> it frustrates me that you could be saving money and just cut that motherfucking cord,
0: right? No, I agree because I don't want to give them my money either. Most of them are assholes,
1: anyhow, and they're all—it's all, over it's all just sexual rape, you know. It should. Yeah, and this is frustrating. And the frustrating thing about this Dreaming war—and I'll say this—and then I got to go because I'm heading to the river for a little bit of swimming. But okay. this is kind of—you know—this kind of been a thing throughout throughout the history of mankind. You know, it was cell phone carriers. You remember back in the day, we had way oh, yeah. too many cell phone carriers. You had singular. We had all, but a bunch of shit. That it's all been absorbed now. You know, now we don't even have Sprint anymore because T-Mobile has absorbed that. Right. And I feel like this is how it's going to go. Is that eventually it's just going to these conglomerates are going to keep buying each other. I think eventually Apple will, you know, buy Netflix or or whatever, or Disney will buy buy Apple or whatever, and they'll just consume it. It'll be one big thing, and eventually this won't matter. But right now it's just like. What are you fucking thinking? You know, like that one streaming service, Quibi, that's pretty much been sent out to die. You know, the uh, the guy who made Quibi—it's just right. short, short for a Quick Bites—really um, shit the bed and spent. You know, that's that's he he kind of taught everybody how to dougie in terms of I'll show you how to waste you know a billion dollars, right? If you have some time, but I just—it's so fucking dumb that all these people are scrambling. I mean, I guess you make more money having your own shit versus licensing it out but at the end of the day like you know it's just it's it's always my questions like is money really that important but I suppose it is to the the, the big dogs as it were
0: apparently it is
1: but yeah no I have no uh, until the uh, Zyder, the Zack Snyder uh, Justice League cut comes out there is really no reason for me to be fiddling around with HBO Max
0: yeah yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's the rumor that it's going to be on there at some point.
1: So we'll see ya, the whole six-hour debacle. <laughs> well, as long as uh, I believe in in someone's vision and, and the right to be able to execute that vision, and so if even if it is debacle, then will all all the people that said that this cut is superior to the that that much maligned and and piece of shit. Uh, Uh, Joss Whedon version of the Justice League, uh, as long as it's, you know, proof positive that it was a better cut, then that's all I'm really looking forward to. Even if it's not, I'm still happy that Zack Snyder finally got to realize his vision. Because if you go and you root around in the story of Justice League, you'll find that's a really screwy, shitty situation with everything that happened. You know, his daughter committed suicide right in the middle of production of Justice League. and And so Warner Brothers used that as a way to kind of lie. And say that Zack Snyder was stepping away from production when they had really used that as an excuse to fire him to do their own thing. Sure. So there's, there's a whole entire messy story behind it. As there is now, behind
0: everything, unfortunately, on that very level. true.
1: Let's wrap up this podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, um, Alan and I would like to thank you for joining us as always. And Alan, as always, it's a pleasure to have you. With me for these podcasts, you you add just the right amount of seasoning.
0: It's a pleasure to be here. I'm like Tabasco right. sauce, just the perfect amount. <laughs> is
1: perfect. Just the perfect amount is perfect. That's right. All right, people, keep it classy and stuff it down with brown. That's right. All right, talk to you next time. Next time, thank you. Thank you.
0: Later.